0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
1: I hope they're successful in banning a number of books. The question is, which are those books? Are those books, for example, uh, Genderqueer, a memoir, or This Book is Gay? In that book, there are all sorts of depictions. Depictions with body parts and male body parts. I can't even put on the screen the stuff that is in this book, genderqueer, where there's two men uh, engaged in a sexual position. Another uh, page where I can flip to where there's two men engaged in oral sex. There are uh, any number of uh, ridiculous uh, graphic pictures that are being put in front of our kids in schools. Now, my question for this entire panel is, do you believe that parents have a right to know whether this stuff is in their schools? I would like a yes or no answer from each member of the panel.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, parents have a right to know.
0: Parents have a right to know. Well, that's good to know. But you think of a place like Chicago, these kids, you're more likely to get shot than you are to get a world-class education in some of these places. Uh, What they are doing has been totally destructive. And I think back to COVID, when a lot of these school unions were doing everything they could to keep the kids locked out of school, they were trying to say it was too dangerous. And yet in May, this is three years ago, late May of 2020, they started to do George Floyd protest. BLM riots came out of that. And people were saying, well, wait a minute, if you can't do school because of COVID, If you're saying people gotta stay in their homes because of COVID, how is it okay to have thousands of people crowded together to do these protests? And many of them became riots. You went after people who looked at child porn? Yes. People who were sexually exploiting children? Yes. And then you were in the parking lot of a school board meeting, taking down the information of parents. What happened to the cases that you were working to to protect our communities from the worst predators that exist. I was told they were not to be resourced, uh, and then uh, after I was suspended, uh, they were handed off to local law enforcement. Wow, so the FBI just decided it was more important to have you in that parking lot of that school board meeting than getting the worst of the worst away from people that they could harm. That's correct.
2: They are accusing Democrats of saying we spend too much. For anyone that wants to entertain that thought, I ask you to think about the last time a person said, has said in this country, that the government does too much for them, that their social security check was too high, that teachers are paid too much. When was the last time anyone has heard or seen that?
1: As Ocasio-Cortez said, Quote, I ask you, think about the last time a person has said in this country that the government does too much for them. When was the last time anyone has heard or seen that? I'll say it right here. I don't want the government doing most of the things that the government is doing to interfere with the ability of the American people to carry out their lives. When was the last time you had a bureaucrat show up and you said, oh joy, thank you. I'm really glad there's a bureaucrat here. When was the last time you were thankful for $32 trillion in debt? $100,000 almost for every man, woman, and child in America. Anybody thankful for $32 trillion in debt? Anybody thankful for the IRS knocking on your door, auditing the poor and the minorities three to five times more?
3: It's the biggest, sc- second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, Well, There's no
4: e- real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's no. all over the place.
3: Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can
5: I say something? You know,
6: this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put
3: it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on
6: things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied
3: and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to put it on the air.
6: As a matter of fact, I don't know that.
7: Salute Benninger, you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 218, to appear on June 3, that's a Saturday, 2023. Glad you've taken the time to listen. I know some of you uh, listen to this and listen to the live radio show. So uh, if you want to listen to the live radio show, that's easy. You can go to, uh, you can actually go to the No Hostages Radio dot com website nohostagesradio.com and there's a listen live button on saturday mornings left coast time over here in california we do a live show from 10 in the morning to one in the afternoon and if you want to dip into that you can listen to us on your laptop or your phone or whatever by just going to nohostagesradio.com and then there's a listen live icon there. You can also listen on regular old school radio if you're close by, but it's AM. It's uh KMYC. KMYC 1410 AM. So we do that and also this uh this show comes up once a week on Saturday morning. So if you want to reach out to me, you can very easily, 530-713-1838. That's my cell phone, 530-713-1838. You want to give me a shout, you want to ask a question, you want to send me some information, however you want to do it, you can text me there, call me there. Also, let me give you my email, lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Just based off our website there, nohostagesradio.com. Just add Lou at in front of it. Also do a Live with Lou Facebook page and and post some podcasts over there and some other information live with Lou on the Facebook. So uh, I want to mention right away that uh, coming up this coming week, starting Wednesday and running, it ends on Saturday morning. But the the beef of it is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday all-day events uh bards fest 2023 i believe this is the third year that scott kesterson founder and voice of bards fm podcast has done the bards fest i think they started over maybe in st louis and did one there and i don't know where the second one was but um and i wasn't that familiar with it until we got to know scott kesterson and he came down and uh, spoke at the church I attend and also did a men's camp. But I listened to his podcast once in a, once in a while. But I think he may be on every day. He's, he's the founder and voice of Bards FM podcast. That's B-A-R-D-S-F-M. And he has a listenership uh, in 120 countries. Now, that's, that's more than half the countries in the, the whole planet and over 1.4 million downloads per month that's that's an amazing podcast and uh, it focuses on the warrior christ faith and knowledge he was a backpack back journalist and documentary filmmaker uh her, he is one and he spent three and a half years in afghanistan embedded with the troops and i could go on and on about him but uh He made a film called Bards of War, Fighting is Everything, was released in January 2019. He's the owner and founder of Expedition Cafe, a small production company that focuses on podcasting. So this uh, event is going to be conducted or hosted at Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County, California. Uh, That's right off Highway 99 at Eager Road. Very easy to get to. You can if you're coming in for, if you want to jam over for the Bards Fest you want to fly the closest airport is Sacramento Airport it's about forty five minutes straight down Highway ninety nine in other words you could come from the airport get on ninety nine north and and be there in about forty five minutes uh, if you're going straight to the uh, the facility of the campus where the festival is going to be and so um, you can you can get your uh, tickets online and it's very inexpensive it's really about community and about building relationships and and infrastructure spiritual spiritual and emotional infrastructure with other people so scott kesterson will be the host and it's going to be at the church of glad tidings location it's also called the embassy of heaven campus there in yuba city california the number of speakers uh uh, Dave Bryan, who's the pastor there, he and his wife will probably speak there. They're listed. And uh, you actually, if you go to BardsFM.com uh, and then backslash BardsFest, backslash, you can read all this about it in f- a lot of detail. There's a lot of detail on the bios on these speakers, Dave and Cheryl Bryan, and Pastor Anthony Thomas out of uh, Naples, Florida. He's former military as well. Uh then there's Mark and Tina Wesson, a married couple uh, that are coming, pray over, they pray over people. They have an international prayer ministry. Lieutenant Pete, or Doc Chambers, is going to be there. He had 39 years active duty in the military, and uh, he got canned from the military in May of 2022 after being fired. Uh, as being fired from doing informed consent and becoming a whistleblower for Senator Ron Johnson. And, uh, but he is, uh, he also <clears throat> testified as a fact witness in Liberty Council SEALs versus DOD case. he has been awarded the Purple Heart uh, from Combat, Bronze Star Medal, the Meritorious Service Medal, and the Combat Medal Badge. Should be full of information. Pastor Brad Cummings, you may not recognize that name, but you may recognize this. He he co-wrote The Shack, the, the um, number one New York Times bestseller. Sold over 22 million copies, translated into 40 different languages. Um, <clears throat> they also produced a movie. He was on the New York best time, bestseller list, number one, stayed there for one hundred and seventy-two weeks on the list, fifty-two weeks number one, and in the movie. So I've read the book a couple times and watched the movie. I think maybe the book once and movie twice. That's what I did. Also, Shemaine Nugent's going to be there. Ted Nugent's wife. She's a New York Times best-selling author, expert on health and fitness industry for over forty years. She's all over the place. She's she writes, she speaks, she does books. She's married to. She wrote a book called "Married to a Rock Star," Ted Nugent. She will be there and speaking. Doctor Doug Frank, who is a uh, physics Ph.D., and uh, one of the outstanding things that I learned, he's he's got all kinds of credits to his name. Uh, He's worked with the consulted with the military. He's done all kinds of uh, physics things. I think he was he either got a Nobel Nobel Prize or he was uh, nominated for one. He has done some research on the stealing of the Trump election and uh, look at looking at the algorithms and uh, where the election was uh, intercepted, so to speak. So he actually has been to the area here in Yuba Sutter counties before uh, and he spoke uh, to people that were interested in, in election fraud. Also, Joe Vegas is going to be here. Uh, he's got an entire paragraph. He got five bronze stars, two purple hearts, two silver stars, uh, combat infantry badge with two stars, halo jump master. I mean, this guy is a uh, military expert, still works in military consulting. So he's going to be here. Joe Vega, uh, deputy director of National Center for Urban Operations. He's going to be here. Cooey Griffin. He uh, was a part of the Cowboys for Trump. He got arrested or detained or one of the two or both at the January 6th uh, demonstration. Uh, he's going to be speaking Uh Let's see, Myron, and this, this couple's interesting to me, Myron and Dottie Lazar, or Lizer. He's, uh, Myron is the vice president of the Navajo Nation. He's uh, over 35 years of knowledge and experience in the areas of marketing, business development, entrepreneurship, finance, government affairs. Married to Dottie, over 32 years. Uh, anyway, they are leaders in the Navajo Nation. I think that's fascinating. So... Uh, there's more speakers than that coming up. Those are coming. I'm telling you, you almost they're almost paying you to come to this. They'd like you to help out. It's really a, on a almost a donation basis. But they have to have a way to distribute the tickets to see how many tickets they're gonna can give out or get out. So give it a shot and uh you may be able to uh check on uh watching it online as well. It'll probably be live stream, but you can check that out. And certainly there'll be recordings in the future on, this, on if there's a specific speaker. I know that Doug uh, Frank is going to do a breakout session or two with people that are interested in how to work with their county clerk about securing the election, making sure the election is not stolen and that it's done with integrity, etc. So, okay. I know that's a lot for the first segment, but I think it's a very important get-together. June 7th through the 10th, June 7th. Go go to read it online, and that beats anything I can I can really say. So, um, all right. So I'm I'm doing this show late at night. Uh, I'm this is Wednesday night. I'm doing it, and uh, usually I get started quite a bit early. But we had a meeting, an important meeting. I attended, and then I went over to Antonio's Tacos. Tacaria over here in Yuba City and got me some great Mexican food and just feel I'm feeling really good to start this show even though it's in the middle of the night it's quiet there's a cool breeze blowing through the house things got warm today but there's nice what we call it's a delta breeze it kind of blows up from the ocean off the Sacramento Delta and then right up into the valley here and it just seems like the air conditioning's on but you don't have to pay for it. I like that, so um, I saw this meme that came across. It's a picture of Albert Einstein, one of my favorite people. I don't think he said this, but I think it's a bright saying, so I think they they just thought it's an albert einstein uh type saying it says you can't you can't sell electric cars if gas is affordable. I want you to hold that thought. This is not just some cute saying. This is actually uh, was stated by Stephen Chu, who was the energy czar or energy cabinet member for Barack Obama, and he said that he he felt he needed to get the gas of the price of gas up to nine dollars before people will actually try electric cars seriously. And uh, the, it's creeping up, right? I just drove home tonight and noticed the gas station, depending on the quality or the octane, the gas is between 4 and $5 here in California. But uh, it's gotten up to over, in some parts of California, to $7. So Stephen Chu said we, we aren't going to see a lot of people move to electric until we get to— we price them out of the fossil, the fossil car, right? That's what they say. So it says you can't sell electric cars if gas is affordable. The fact is that electric cars are going to become unaffordable. I'll talk about that hopefully a little bit later. So, and then the second line is, if you don't think that's part of what's going on here, you ain't paying attention. And I'm trying my, the whole goal of this show each week, is to help you pay attention. It, these gas prices, don't blame the oil companies. You need to blame the political party in power. That's the Democrats. And they are going to make gas so unaffordable, diesel so unaffordable, that you're going to pay through the nose for a crummy car that's electric. And I'm going to talk to you about the problem of even being able to charge your car. This is what I thought is just a a character building quote somebody sent me says, once you realize the, the power of your tongue, you won't just say anything. When you realize the power of your thoughts, you won't entertain just anything. And once you realize the power of your presence, you won't be just anywhere. Another one, if Democrats actually believe Black Lives Matter, they would not propagate failed urban policies which would proliferate black-on-black violence. And I just wrote a, read, read an Ann Coulter uh, column about this very thing because we're at the third anniversary of the George Floyd death. And she said it's the anniversary all the media wants to forget about because it was an entire fraudulent death. Did you know they they gave him the burial of a king and a chariot and 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 the uh, wagon they pulled him in? I don't know. It was a gold plated casket. I mean, that guy's a fentanyl addict. It's amazing. Just amazing. Black on black violence. We talked a lot about this last week. So uh We'll get out of here. So let me go on here and get into a topic. Uh, Got a little allergy My nose is running. Uh, Said, why did, the article says, it's written by Katie Grimes, one of my favorite writers at at the California Globe. It's an online newspaper. Katie Grimes runs that. Said, why did 352 California companies flee to other states in three years? Do you think there isn't a bailing out? In California, oh, baby. It's like in the last two or three years, something like 700,000 people have left. Look out. Uh, Actually, that may be the drop in population. So that means a lot more left, but then some came in from other states like Mexico. So it says here the exits negatively impact the state, particularly the local communities that lose these headquarters. Employees. Also, leave reducing the demand within their communities and reducing economic vibrancy. Jobs are not only lost, I'm uh, not the only loss. There's also loss of corporate income tax, property taxes, rents to property owners, payments to contractors, fees to companies in the travel in- industry, such as hotels, rental car companies, etc., etc., etc. Big impact. Oh, yeah, here's my numbers. States' populations dropping by more than 500,000 people between April 2020 and July 2022. With the number of residents leaving surpassing those moving in by 700,000. Okay, what's that saying? That's the difference between people coming in and going out. Uh, There's 700,000 more leaving than coming. So that means the amount leaving was even higher than that. You with me? Because there was some coming in. So the difference was 700000 A surplus left. You got it? 700000 So Art Laffer, I don't know if you remember economist Art Laffer, Laffer, L-A-F-F-E-R. He was economist for, I believe, Ronald Reagan, the president. And he is an elderly man today. He was a youngster back then. He said Newsom doesn't appear to see – what Newsom doesn't appear to see is the deleterious long-term effects of a highly progressive tax system. Case in point, the one percenters, that's who's paying 50% of the tax in in California. Most of the lower-income people in California pay no taxes. He said the one percenters who pay 50% of the tax are voting with their feet by leaving California in droves. Said so that explains that the 10 states with the lowest income taxes in the nation include Florida and Texas gained a cumulative net inflow from all adjusted in gross income classes of they got three hundred ninety one billion dollars flowed into their state of people leaving California during uh, between the two thousand eighteen and twenty one. So um, note that 2018 was the final year of Democrat Governor Jerry Brown. Governor Newsom ran for governor in 2018, was elected. He took office in 2019. And all these crashing times belong to Mr. Newsom. So the 10 states that rank the highest in income taxes are California, New York, and New Jersey. They're some of the highest. They lost a cumulative net inflow of money. Adjusted gross income of three hundred and ninety one billion dollars. The fact that the 10 states with the lowest income taxes gained in AGI, the same amount as the loss in AGI for the 10 states with the highest income tax is no coincidence. So. um, People are, you know, we're not totally communist yet. People are are voting with their feet in communist countries. You just can't decide to move things and do things like that. So uh here the the company departures by year, 2021, 153 left, 2020, 75 left, 2019, 78 left, 2018, 46 left. Where did all they where did they all go? The companies? Most went to Texas. So we're going to take a break here. This is our first of six segments, 20-minute segments with some clips in between. We'll be right
8: back.
6: I actually want to concur with gentle lady from Wyoming that um, actually EPA probably did this the most abusive agencies, and actually Supreme Court ruled uh, last year on their complete overreach of their power and authority delegated on the clean uh, era act and what they do in with clean water act is actually you know is i would argue that trying to take private property rights by the government private property abusing abusing the power of the government, and when governments try to take your private property, this is actually a communist by Karl Marx. It's not even socialism, it's very dangerous, and I'll be honest with you, look at the P.L.s and and financials of all large corporations and all these big funds like BlackRock, they're doing just fine with all of the regulations that my Democrat colleagues issued. They're making a lot of money. But what is, who is getting hurt is the little guy—that farmer or some business owner that cannot afford to hire lawyers and CPA for thousand dollars an hour, that cannot afford to go and lobby to every lo- government level and be and sitting in the offices and trying to make their case. That's who is getting screwed. And we now have a situation now where all of the so-called dark money doing just fine, but the little guy has no ability now to be able to start a business and be able to compete and and, and have abilities to make money. I think this is a very dangerous situation where we're now concentrating the power close to the government, close to Washington, D.C., and giving the power to the bureaucracies that people have no ability to even have an input. I mean, this is crazy. And this is very dangerous for our country. And I will tell you, I mean, EPA is so creative. They do this suicidal gimmicks, you know, to try to put, violate even administrative procedures act. They do all these definitions, you know. They use and they pay people to come into committees you know, and, and lobby on something that doesn't help the people. But in reality, that's what, what's happening with all of these environmental regulations that we put. Because when they're unfeasible, what's happened right now, that we're killing destroying businesses in our country, and companies like BlackRock are part of it, and they're given a lot of power, they don't have to follow the rules. But what's happening, we're burning coal from China, we're helping Russia to make a lot of money, and American companies are getting screwed. And our pollution is actually has not fact, higher than actually that was before. Because when we push our companies to do business in lawless and corrupt countries and dictatorship, they collude in the same environment. We don't build the walls, you know, from China anywhere else in the same ocean and all pollution goes. Instead of have reasonable laws, the representative of the people and the businesses here and help our people and our companies and and Americans to succeed. So this is just dumb. And if you think about it, some of this you know, that wasn't this, you know, climate change agenda of BlackRock like British funds. That actually, there are some activists that are honest, and I actually respect if someone is honest, you know, and not hypocrite. If you want to drive everyone a bike and you're driving a bike, I respect you. But if you're flying big jet fuel jets and you want me to ride a bike, well, screw you. You know, you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, this is wrong. You know, you have no power to do that. and And, and these big companies have no right to tell us what to do. And I think we as legislators, you need to think about it, who we're representing because these agencies do not represent with the people. They represent big special interest groups. People rotate between them. They're getting jobs and lobbying and careers and all of these different companies and they're promulgating these rules to benefit large special interest groups and now they're becoming so powerful that everyone is afraid to challenge them. You know. And I think if we're not going to go back and think what are we doing here we're going to destroy our country how it is known and how it was set up and it is very very dangerous so our branch has to get our act together and start doing our job and not be afraid of administrative state not be afraid of large corporations and big money that coming from all directions, but we actually remember that this republic is set up in being the greatest republic in the history of the world for all the reasons. There is no difference between the people, because the people have the most power and freedoms. and if we take these freedoms away from with the people, we're going to unfortunately, abandon and betray all the people who die for our freedoms. I yield back.
9: You guys did a study on zero bail and showed that when there is no bail,
10: the rate of crime goes up. Can you tell us more about this study? Early in 2020, when COVID was first heating up, there was a lot of concern that people in jails that were crowded would get sick and die. The courts in California decided to implement a policy of zero bail, basically telling all 58 counties in California to release people automatically after they committed certain crimes. What our study has shown is they were reoffending at an astounding rate committing over 163% more crime than people who posted bail and committing 200% more violent crime than people who posted bail. In fact, in many cases, within hours of people being released from custody on zero bail, they were reoffending, committing new felony crimes. Sometimes they committed murder, attempted murder, robbery, sexual assault, domestic violence. So the study showed that this policy was incredibly dangerous and frankly destructive for California's Public Safety Net
7: all right so we're talking about these uh People and these companies that are leaving now some companies i know of the left that aren't listed in this uh list that i have here but uh so texas offered a combination of unique competitive business advantages that no other state can claim to call themselves a business friendly climate they have no corporate or no personal income taxes, along with a highly skilled, diverse workforce. Da 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 da. I'm not going to go through all the details here. I got too much to talk about tonight, so I'm just going to leave you that uh, one company that that uh, keeps track called BuildRemote.co. They said it, Texas is a winner because finding a place that is easier to hire talent. Number two, in search of a great talent pool in the new city or state. These are qualities that uh, white co- companies are leaving California. Seeking a more sustainable place to do business. That's true. There is an increasing intolerance of and monoculture of the Silicon Valley. Next, seeking a strong economic climate with low taxes, reasonable regulations, and a high-caliber workforce. And finally, moving for our business needs, opportunities, for cost savings and team members, I think there's below the fold here, there's uh oh, here's a couple more. Okay, yeah, there's a couple more. There were some uh, symmetries in the way that the Bay Area works that doesn't really work well for our, our business anymore. Another person said Arizona provided the ideal conditions of being business friendly, offered a high quality of life at reasonable cost. Another comment was employees can be homeowners in Texas while in the Bay Area they were virtually impossible to afford a home. In California, local rulers could dictate how the company chooses board members, for instance, said we don't want to do that. And then they list um, they list uh, this buildremote.co, compiled a list of companies with under 100 employees, 45 companies that... Pulled up stakes and moved to Tech. Actually, they moved all over the place, but they list the states where they went, and uh, Idaho, North Carolina, Mississippi, Texas, 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 uh, lots of places, lots of Texas, and then there, then they went on and listed uh, New Mexico. So it says there were 61 companies which left California between 2020 and April 2023 that had more than 100 employees. They've moved to 19 different states. Of those states, here are the biggest beneficiaries. Texas got 44% of those companies. Arizona got 8%. Colorado 7%. North Carolina 7%. Florida 5%. Tennessee 5%. Ohio 3%. And then uh, the rest of them were a smattering of locations here, there, and everywhere. So uh, I wanted to just, again, remind you of that and uh, just explain what the shakedown is. This was an interesting—I'm trying to tie a couple things together here— there's an article on the Gay Pride Month that had some information about the uh, the state of California in it as well, if I can find it. I'm just kind of scrolling down here to find what I want. Almost there. I think I'm almost there now. Okay, so, okay, this... The author's last name is Eber. I think I got his full name somewhere here. (laughs) Maybe I deleted it. Anyway, he talks about the different months dedicated to different things like February's Black History Month, March Women's History Month. Many of these months are dedicated to many different things. May, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. June is LGBTQXYZMOP Pride Month. September 15th to October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month. They had to be a little different. October's National Disability Employment Awareness Month. November's Native American Heritage Month. No white boy month. I think I'm going to just throw white boy month on June as well. Uh, so uh, I guess that's. I was, I'm thinking that this is where it listed all the the things that the—oh, here it is. I'm just in the wrong article. So there's an article that I'll talk about maybe next, or a topic. The California Senate is honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in a LGBTQ Recognition Ceremony. Would you ever thought you'd see that in this article by Katie Grimes? Again, she lists some of the disasters of California that Newsom has created. The Democrats have California is the home to one third of the nation's welfare recipients and the highest poverty rate in the country. Our favor, our failing schools now rank 48th in the country. California lawmakers can't build new homes or apartments for less than $800,000 each. The governor and lawmakers can't figure out what to do with several hundred thousand drug addicted, mentally ill, homeless vagrants living on the city streets and taking over the parks. California lawmakers refuse to build additional reservoirs for water storage in a state in which drought conditions are historically normal and now has a regular wildfire season. California lawmakers and governor the governor mandated all electric vehicles within a few years, but can't keep the power on during heat spells and winter storms now. Lawmakers authorized more than $25 million worth of taxpayer-funded guaranteed income to some individuals in the state, but can't really tell you why they even did it proposed they proposed 800 million dollars in reparations payments to african americans despite that california was never a slave state no one in california has been a slave and no one in california has been a slave owner california now has a 34 billion dollar deficit and it's growing People are leaving the state. I'm I'm just adding that in there on the back of this deficit. People are leaving the state that are not welfare babes. They are people that make a living and actually pay the taxes and buy things that they need and support the economy here. But they're leaving by the hundreds of thousands a year. The state's $100 billion plus high-speed rail project is almost just dormant collecting cobwebs. California has the highest income tax in the nation. California also has the highest sales taxes, electricity rates, gas taxes in the country. This is just fascinating. Who would have believed? I've lived here all my life. I would have never thought I'd be reading this into a podcast. Victor Davis says, Victor Davis Hanson, Intellectual at the Hoover Institute says crime, homelessness, and medieval decay. Characterizes the once great downtowns of San Francisco and Los Angeles. It is now not safe to walk alone in any major California city after dark. Here's another quote. Shoplifting and smash and grab theft are no longer treated as real crimes in in California. The result is the mass flight of brand stores from our downtown Downtowns and inner cities with all the accustomed cries of racism, even as racist public prosecutors pick and choose whether to indict the arrested on the basis of race. In other words, if if a black person ripped off the Walgreens, they're not going to prosecute him. Finally, he says California infrastructure, once the best in the country, is now among the worst. Decaying and crowded freeways, inadequate water storage and potholed streets are the new norm. Once-robust gas, oil, mining, and timber industries are nearly stopped in their tracks. Is that amazing or what? Well, you heard me say, there's just there's this organization that's been around for quite a while, and I didn't know about it because I don't follow the news on uh, pervert lifestyles. I'm going to drink a little tea here in just a second. After that Mexican food, those tacos, I'm a little dry. Said on June 5th, the California Senate. This is the Senate that created California we have today. This is a Senate that can't address the problems of California we have today, but they have time to have a recognition ceremony. Uh, This is going to happen next week. One of the honorees is Sister Roma, who isn't really a sister. She's from the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence Group. And um, if you've never heard of them before, uh, that's me and you both. I just heard about it because they were going to be invited and be honored at a couple of sporting events. So now they're they're involved in a controversy. I don't think they did, really did anything. They got invited, disinvited and reinvited by the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's how they say it down in Mexico, the Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. They say Dodgers. The Dodgers invited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to receive an award. Do you know that if you are a guy with a ding-dong and you dress up like a lady and get yourself a set of boobs You get honored by the daughters, and they're going to receive an on-field award at Pride Night. Do you ever think that somebody would have a Pride Night for perversion, sexual perversion? And uh, they're going to receive an on-field award at Pride Night, and that did not sit well with many, especially the more conservative members of the Catholic Church. So I guess the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence don't like the Catholic Church and have given them a hard time. So the fact that the Dawyers are going to honor this group uh, set off some Catholics. So the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, uh, if you've never heard of them, it's what they call a drag queen group. And you think, well, why are the Catholics got their undies in a bundle? Well, they come dressed up as Catholic nuns and then in in their own words they use humor and irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry complacency and guilt that that chain the human spirit so this uh Roma he co-hosts an online talk show the Tim and Roma show focuses on gay pornographic movies and the LGBT community that's the tagline for the Tim and Roma show so the Dodgers invited the sisters that aren't really sisters their sisters were the dick they did disin- that after they invited them then they disinvited them after a public outcry then they reinvited them resulting in pro baseball team earning the title of the Bud Light of Baseball that's the LA Dodgers is now the Bud Light of Baseball so we got these guys with dicks that are actually sisters, but they're dressed up like nuns who, if you understand nuns, they uh, took a vow of celibacy and devotion to Jesus and the church. So they, their entire life was to live as a part of the church and serve people. And so they're mocking them, right? They're dressed. It's just not that they're in drag, like look like Hollywood babes or something, or Las Vegas babes. These people are dressed like nuns, and they mock the Catholic Church. So anyway, there's been a big outcry, but I think they're going to do something. So finally, the Senate, our our Senate has, you know, it's our Senate and uh, maybe even our Assembly that, Created the Harvey Milk Day, which just passed. I think it's May twenty-one. Harvey Milk was a pedophile. In his book, uh, the in the book about him, the mayor of Castro Street, he talks about really having a preference with having sex and variety of relations with young boys, teen boys, not teens of age, underage boys. We seem to overlook it. If you just overlook, we we now have a Harvey Milk Day in the public school system. So uh, this group called the American Council Quorum, it's a public policy group for the faith community. Uh, they call them a, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a Catholic hate group who mocks Christian figures, etc., etc., beliefs, doctrines, etc., Anyway, uh, that's what's going on at the Dawyers game. And it's going to be it's going to be uh, they're going to honor them this coming week. I think the fifth. Uh, what is that? Is that Monday? Yeah, I think it's Monday. Uh, in April, to celebrate Easter, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the worldwide troop of non-denominational drag nuns <laughs> founded in San Francisco in 1979. These guys have been around for a while. They announced that Hunky Jesus and Foxy Mary contests will once again return to Dolores Park along with the annual Easter bonnet contest It's open to everyone. Many people believe Jesus died for their sins, but in San Francisco, a bunch of Jesuses dye their beards for our amusement uh so anyway uh all these corporations so I saw a meme that says uh because of the uh, controversy with Target having rainbow-colored stuff and pornographic items, that people's wives are saving a lot of money because they're not going over there to shop anymore. So there, are, maybe there's some side benefits here. So anyway, uh, it looks like the uh, Senate is—they just couldn't stay out of it. To remember when the. The Senate. I mean, these places were like hallowed places, taking care of business. Now they just are dealing with. They're down in the gutter, wrestling with all these wild situations. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. So uh, we're coming to the end of our second segment, and let me just spend a couple minutes here uh, giving a shout out to some of the people that help us stay on the air. One is out All Power Services. That's Will Fanning, and. And uh, cohorts associates out on associates out on 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City, that's right off Highway 99 to the west, and uh, they fix anything that's broken. They even things that don't have power to them, but most of the things have power to them, like everything from small things like weed eaters and mowers, and edgers, to big things like a belly dump trailer tractor rig or compressors water blasters all kinds of amazing things they put together they're also expert welders over there they've they got all the certificates to weld so if you need to manufacture something for the back your like a trailer hitch or some some kind of devices for the back of your work truck they can do all that stuff So probably they can do it. In fact, one of the guys even fixed a wheelchair, electric wheelchair. Somebody, their wheelchair broken. The guy couldn't get around. They just brought the chair out. They put it all back together. Got it going on. All power services. Text Will at 530-8440-347, and he will will solve your problems. And also, I I was just right across the street having dinner the other day from the uh, Clarks, who— own and operate allen's auto body and one of their boys stopped in over there i call him a boy but he's a grown man their sons grown men they all work with mom and dad over at allen's auto body at tea garden and sutter street go between the two bridges sutter street runs along the levee there in yuba city and you can just look for the building on the corner of tea garden and sutter it's it's cran it's a uh, canary yellow bright bright yellow you have to put your shades on to drive in there so you don't crash into it. And they can help you over there. Um, they can fix your car, whether you just sometimes parts break on a car, you know. Other times, the car gets in a little fight with another car, and you need to do some repairs. Or maybe it just needs to be repainted. Maybe you got some rust or wear and tear. Maybe I, I put some new headlight lenses into my car. I've been fixing it up. I had a seat belt that was broken. This broke, that broke. I just keep fixing things. I fix my body, and I fix my car. So if you want to make an appointment, you can over there. Talk to the. Uh, there's Kevin and Carrie Clark. Carrie's the wife. She usually answers the phone. When she's not there, the boys do. 530-671-1057, 671-1057. So if you need, some, maybe you're trick, tricking out a car or you're restoring a car and you need some help with that, uh, they do it all over there. They do a good job, and uh, they're easy to work with. They're honest people. They're good people, and so they'll get your job done. They're not. They're not practicing, so they're going to get it in, get it done, get it back to you. So we'll be right back. Our third segment. Hang in there. Yeah.
2: Thinks the way they are told to think. If you don't think the way I think, well, I'll let you know. Is she leaving her house? We're supposed to stay in our home. She wants people to die. Get back in your house, Cynthia! Get back in your it's house! It's important that we all think the same about everything. You be wearing a mask. You, you need to put a mask on. I know we're outside, but put 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 it on! The people who tell us what to think are are, are good people. And we should think and do as they say. Yes, I just got my fourth shot. Yeah. And people that don't get their fourth shot, well, (laughs) they want this thing to last forever. Well, that's what the evening news says, so. Individual thought is a threat. It's a real threat to the group, so. Hi, Cynthia. Yeah, I, I noticed you didn't change your profile picture. Yeah, everyone is changing their profile picture. Yeah, you know, to show their support. So, yeah, you need to change your profile picture, okay? You need to do it. You better do it, okay? Okay. And people that don't think like the group, well, I hate to say it, but they're traitors. Straight up traitors. you down here secretly watching Tucker Carlson? And people that don't see it the way the group sees it are probably traitors too. You might even know some. Are you actually complaining about gas prices right now? (sighs) Are you a Putin puppet? Huh? You're a Putin puppet? You're a fan of Putin? Are you a Russian spy? Are you a... I can't believe this. I can't believe that I I married a Russian spy. So don't you be a traitor, okay? Think as you're told to think.
3: Ralph Barrett, the inventor and the weaponizer of coronavirus also had the hand in developing remdesivir, the drug that was allegedly used to treat patients with COVID, except for the fact that by 2018, that drug had a kill ratio of 53%. Documented, published, it was so deadly that the World Health Organization itself pulled the drug from consideration for Ebola treatments. And ironically, inside of the documents that nobody bothers reading, the death rate occurred regardless of viral load, which means that people were killed who didn't even have Ebola. We murdered people. And by we, I mean the complacent and ignorant masses that have agreed to let these things go unchecked murdered people in Africa. The death rate at 53%, and we let that publication of information in 2018 fail to inform our decision in the spring of 2020, when Anthony Fauci, Ralph Baird, Peter Daszak, and others made the decision that we should inject remdesivir into patients with COVID. We knew we were going to kill people. That's premeditated murder. We knew we were gonna do it, and we went along with it anyway. And sitting right next to the president, Donald Trump, he signed the death warrant from millions of Americans with the criminals sitting right next to him.
5: One young devil asked the old man, how did you manage to bring so many souls to hell? The old devil answered, I instilled fear into them. Answers the younger, great job. And what were they afraid of? Wars? Hunger? Answers the man, no, they were afraid of the disease for this youngster, does this mean they didn't get sick? Are they not dead? There was no rescue for them? The old man answered, but no, they got sick, died, and the rescue was there. The young devil, surprised, answered, then I don't understand. The old man answered, you know, they believed that the only thing they have to keep at any cost is their lives. They stopped hugging and greeting each other. They moved away from each other. They gave up all social contacts and everything that was human. Later, they ran out of money, lost their jobs. But that was their choice because they were afraid for their lives. That's why they quit their jobs without even having bread. They believed blindly everything they heard and read in the papers. They gave up their freedoms. They didn't leave their own homes literally anywhere. They stopped visiting family and friends the world turned into such a concentration camp without forcing them into captivity. They accepted everything just to live at least one more miserable day. And so living, they died every day. And that is how it was very easy for me to take their miserable souls to hell. And that was written by C.S. Lewis. Old Devil's Letter to the Young, written in 1942, ladies and gentlemen.
9: All right, let me uh,
7: just mention North Valley Paralegal as well before we get into it. North Valley Paralegal, 1110 Civic Center Boulevard in Yuba City. 202A is the suite number. It's 1110 Civic Center. That's right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department. Nice office buildings in there. North Valley Paralegal, that's Nellie Garcia. She can help you with your legal needs. And you just call her up at five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine. If you've never used a paralegal, it's like having a super legal secretary that knows their business, and uh, they get the job done uh, cheaper, faster, and uh, better than the average attorney. A lot, you know, attorneys they they fight a case for you in court, do that kind of things, but a lot of the work you need done is just legal paperwork, or you need to you know, serve somebody, you need to apply, respond to some request from the court. You need to subpoena somebody. You need to do this out of the other thing. You need to evict somebody. All kinds. Of, you get, need a will and you need a trust. You need to uh, sort that out. Uh, they can help with all the legal needs, change your name, adoptions, all that kind of stuff. Simple, simple for them. North Valley Paralegal, call them up at 530 751 or make an appointment. Also, uh, let's see, Uh, let me just give a shout out to Dr. Cassidy. So he and I are getting calls every week with addicts. He and I reach out to the addicts. We advertise our phone numbers. We hand out cards. We put up posters trying to get folks to call us so we can get them help and get them off the street. Dr. Cassidy works over at Peachtree Health where you can reach him. You can leave a message and get an appointment. You dial 530-749-3242. 749-3242 seven four nine thirty two forty two if if you have trouble getting through on that uh, line sometimes it's laborious, difficult, and you're frustrated you're you're struggling if you're withdrawing uh, text Dr. Cassidy just text him once during the day five three zero six eight two eighty six forty eight and just give him your name addiction I need some help, something like that addiction and your phone number he will call you back. Obviously he's a doctor, he's working during the day seeing patients, so he can't drop what he's doing to call you. So if you want immediate response and you can't get appointment and you can't get an immediate response from him, just call me up at my number, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I will tell you what we can do. Okay, so here we go. Five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty-eight. Five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty-eight. So whether it's fentanyl or or any kind of opiates methamphetamines, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is, we will do our best to get you help. So, all right. Let me just uh, give me a little slug of tea here. I'm drinking my Vietnamese iced tea. Very refreshing and healthful. So uh, California is embracing the most strange and perverted things uh, you can imagine. And, and things that are kind of normal and healthy and f- boosting the family and uh, improving people's relationships with one another. Married couples, they're just ignored or put down. So that's just where we are. There's a spirit of stupid on the country right now, and it's just something we're living through. Some people call it a curse. And uh, some people believe that the country is under judgment from God. I actually believe that myself. This isn't a religious show, but it's a fact of life, just like gravity is a fact. And so tides, the tides of the ocean are a fact. It's a law of the earth. So... When you defy God, at some point he lifts his hand in protection off you, like he did the children of Israel, and then you're on your own. You're on your own. Marysville's been on its own for quite a while. I don't know whether you've lived here very long. I live here still. And uh, it's crazy here now. And it's like uh, it's like the city has been abandoned to zombies. And so years ago, when my when I was young, my um, my father used to say to me how wonderful Marysville was twenty, thirty years ago when he was young, and how it isn't what it used to be. In other words, it has gone backwards economically, and now it's just a shell. Uh, it's a ghost town economically, and uh, that's that's a result. You know, you drive through parts of the world, cities and in a in a country you're in or or you could go through uh, cities of america if you go through central california and you just see as victor davis hansen said it's just cities are just dilapidated it just uh everything seems to be untidy not tidy not polished not not beautiful but thrashed and broken and roads broken he talks about being medieval. The big towns of California being medieval. What are we talking about? L.A. and San Francisco. We're talking about uh, being abandoned to animals and uh, vermin and zombie-like people. People that are sick and and will club you. They act like they act like. Uh, not even animals are much more courteous and polite they talk you know it's kind of like an animal on rabies or something they're just totally nutso they can't talk to you anymore they uh animals can communicate better than these folks so the the cities have been abandoned and um, in fact let me go up here and just there's an article from natural news i saw recently maybe it's been the last 24 hours It's it's real close here to this. Oh, here. I can't find it now. Uh, Okay. Natural News uh, has an article, Death of the American City. If I can find it. I've got a couple long. Okay, I won't buy it. I wanna I want you to just this is from natural news. You ought to subscribe to natural news. Right, I guess I'm having a hard time figuring this out. Here we go. So check this out. These are trends. And I never, there's so many, I tell people every morning I get up and I look on the internet and my jaw must drop. I'm just shocked at what I see and what I hear, what I read. So this is Mike Adams, very sharp guy. He's He's got book awards, he's done all kinds of amazing things. He's a very bright guy and he has a podcast and he puts together this website called Natural News so that says death of the american city nine trends you need to know so uh said so the age of american cities rapidly coming to an end you need to pay attention to this i'm just not entertaining you i'm telling you what's happening what's happening right now what's going to happen with commercial real estate increasingly abandoned that means people abandon or i don't know you've seen miles and miles of Detroit, Michigan, houses that once had kids in them, families, kids played baseball out on the corner lots. They're they're now just shells and anybody can move in. They don't even try to keep people out. Anybody can move in. In fact, you can probably buy them for a few hundred dollars. And it's just block after block after block after block after block of abandoned buildings that used to be filled with people. But because of mismanagement, people were left the area. The, the the area collapsed. So it says, with commercial real estate increasingly abandoned and with real te- realtors closing up shop and fleeing Democrat-run cities, the utility of the city or the, the benefit of the city itself is rapidly vanishing. Importantly, in today's uh, – in the – he has a broadcast. He said in today's broadcast, I predict we will see American refugees talking about Americans that are refugees fleeing the cities as critical infrastructure collapses. Those refugees will flee into the suburbs and rural areas, seeking food and shelter naturally being that they grew up in crime infested Democrat run cities. These mobs of refugees will engage in mass theft and violence to get what they want. So He's saying that in San Francisco, if they ripped off Walgreens so often, they just walked in take what they want, that 17 Walgreens drug stores closed their doors and many, many other stores. Then if they come to your city and want to do something, they just come in and take it because that's what they got away with in the big city, right? This is kind of a sci-fi type scene that they're describing here, but it's happening in- in San Francisco. San Francisco will never be what we remembered it city by the bay. It will never be that again uh, the next generation will never know San Francisco as we know san francisco and and the more people quit going to San Francisco, the more it will collapse because things. Are supported like Golden Gate Park and the museums and amazing wharfs. If if there isn't money poured into those places, you remember they, they started uh, conventions started not booking San Francisco anymore. That those days are over, and uh, so I'm telling you that this is like a sci-fi movie when you uh, when you. L- shows you these cities that have been abandoned, cars turned over, uh, garbage in the streets. That's what's exactly happening in San Francisco and L.A. So he covers nine trends that indicate collapse of American cities. Number one, collapse of real estate. He just said that commercial real estate. And so now the city of San Francisco is going to try to fine or tax or take away their real estate from owners if they don't resolve their vacancies if they don't put people in those buildings fast enough for them. Number two, retailing retailers are fleeing the cities, including grocery stores and eventually banks. I saw a guy, I was almost going to put this clip in the the show today. A guy was, I think he was in Compton and he said, we don't even have a grocery store. They've abandoned it. We, in other words, there's people there but they got to travel to find food. I'm telling you people, it's happening. You got your, you just got your head in the sand. So he says re- retailers are leaving the cities including grocery stores and eventually the banks are going to leave. Number 3, plunging property taxes and sales taxes. Called the doom loop. Number 4, collapsing city infrastructure. That means the water Power, emergency services and roads. There's a video on uh that used to be on uh well i used to be on YouTube about Detroit and it and so the reason parts of the city are just they're allowing it to be rewilded, in other words, weeds are growing up through the streets. Uh they don't want to provide services out there. You know, they don't run ambulances out there, they don't run fire trucks out there. And they probably don't service it with water or power out there. So that's what's happening in California as well. No funding for police, collapse of the rule of law is number five. Number six, skyrocketing violence, murder, mayhem. I think murder's up 30% uh, since all the anti-police rhetoric and nonsense. um, Murder's up 30%. Skyrocketing violence murder mayhem is number six mass migration refugees into the now we're talking about Americans moving as refugees from one part of the country to the other or one the city into the suburbs mass migration into the suburbs and rural areas uh rural real estate will spike and then uh slow at first and then sudden panic number eight climate lockdowns. It will be easy for globals to enforce the enslaved masses in the cities since they've already done it before with COVID. Number nine, easy roundups for the quarantine camps. There will be quarantine camps, and that will be to achieve global extermination and depopulation, starting with city populations that failed to flee. So what they're going to go do is go into city populations where people did not flee, and they're going to move them to quarantine camps if they don't fit the right uh, set of of uh, standards in vetting. So that's the uh, Mike Adams. You might want to check Natural News. And I get an email from him probably every day. The guys, solid, great information every day. So, uh, all right. Steve Kirsch. You might have heard of Steve Kirsch. He's a, a bazillionaire from the computer industry. He's a very bright guy on his own. And so he's been doing all kinds of research that the government won't do on the vaccines. I'm talking about COVID vaccines, but in this article, he's talking about all kinds of vaccines. You ever been vaccinated? Your kid's been vaccinated? We vaccinate kids way, may more, 50 times more than they did when I was a child thinking and suggesting that kids are better off for it. There's all kinds of brilliant medical people that say, no, they're not. And that's why we have autism. He says he did a survey because the CDC won't do a survey. The U S government won't do these surveys to find out the impact of the jabs, vaccines, various vaccines on children. They won't do a survey because they, they know what it's going to show. It's going to show bad news. So Steve Kirsch, he paid to have 10,000 kids. There. He had their parents interviewed or surveyed, uh, and the parents of 10,000 kids on what do, what is your child, boy or girl, suffer from chronic health conditions. What are a variety of the conditions? And they monitored that. So uh, they gave a summary here of the causes of these chronic health conditions. And they, of course, they they checked all kinds of kids. So some kids weren't vaccinated. Some kids were. So he says, for every single condition in my survey, vaccination raised the odds that the child would develop the condition. The more vaccines, the higher the risk. My survey confirms the results of other research that has been done showing similar risk elevation for chronic neurological diseases or ND. He said this is devastating for our kids. Vaccines are literally poisoning them. I'm going to say this again. Vaccines are literally poisoning them. If you want to see a a video on this, you can go to freedomco.net, freedomco.net. You don't have to go look around on the site. If you just go right on the home page. When it comes up and you're there, there's videos there and you can scroll down and you can get to one where there's a the face, it's kind of a really close shot selfie of Judy Mykovitz. And she says, if I've I'm paraphrasing it, she said if I've done one thing for you, if I've stopped one person from getting vaccinated, I've done my duty. She's also written a book on the plague of corruptions with talk about the corruption in vaccines. So vaccines are literally poison our kids, this writer said, uh, this curse, right? And this is why the health authorities will never conduct such a study such as the ones I point out below. In fact, in 2009, 10 members of Congress, including Rand Paul, tried to pass a bill forcing the National Institute of Health to do a study. But the bill never made it out of the first committee because they don't want you to ever find out that they've been poisoning our kids for decades. Listen, this is a very sharp guy writing a really good article. Anyone can replicate the study I did, Kirst says. It took me just 24 hours to run, run the study. I invite any mainstream fact checker in the world to validate my results. I have the contact information for all the parents. If the CDC wants to solve the question quickly, all they have to do, the question, what's the question? Whether vaccines give children autism. If they want to resolve it quickly, all they have to do is give Professor Brian Hooker access to the Databases they have for vaccines and Medicaid databases. Why not do that? He says, "Don't they want people to know the truth?" Finally, he said, "The most important thing is that none of the vaccines have been needed in America for the last 25 years." I want you to think about that. None of the. He's not talking about COVID. He's talking about all vaccines. None of the vaccines that have been used in America in 25 years were needed pediatric clinics which which eschew or push away vaccines have uniformly better clinical outcomes than their peers who vaccinate in the same population of kids we're going to take a short break we'll be right back for our fourth segment i put a spell on you
11: because you're
8: How do you think the American people feel about a a spy balloon going all the way across the country, taking pictures of God knows what? The American people have no idea. Um, They wanted it shot down. Scream for it shot down. So, So what do we have to say to the American taxpayers who work very hard for the money that they earn? Pay the IRS their tax dollars that pay all of our paychecks, pay for this building, the lights that turn on, and all of the research and everything to do with this entire thing. I'll go one at a time. What do you all have to say to the American people on that failure?
9: Ms. Murphy? I'd say the FBI is working very hard to protect the American people.
8: Do you think the American people trust the FBI, Ms. Murphy?
9: Yes, ma'am, I do.
8: I'm gonna tell you they don't. Mister.
9: I would say that the the high altitude balloon posed a threat and it was shot down and we are working with the investigative agencies to determine the specifics of that.
11: Thank you.
3: Ma'am, I would say that the people at INA, the analysts here are working diligently to ensure that we share any and all threat information with those individuals across the nation who are in position to mitigate those threats.
8: Well, the, the tragic news for our country is they already have China has already collected everything they need, and their mission was successful while our government's mission failed the American people.
12: Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and... The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq, anyway. uh, (laughs) 75. Uh, It was at this moment that he knew. He f***ed up. (laughs) Brutal invasion of Iraq. I made up Ukraine. All right. Anyway,
3: nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science, we had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus, not once, not once. Not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, (laughs) period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much.
13: You got my pride hanging out of my bed. You messing with my life, so I bought my lid. Even this with my children, like to are sweeping at my wife.
7: Just believe your doctor and do what your doctor tells you. I'm telling you, the days are we're long past that. You got to take what the doctor suggests. And do your own homework. And you need to look at people like Judy Mikovits and what they're saying about vaccines and why your kid has autism. If you got kids coming up or you're still vaccinating your children, you're really causing them problems big time. You could kill them. So he says, here's my survey summary. The right column is the odd ratio for kids getting the conditions with 10 to 15 vaccines compared with kids with no vaccines or vitamin K shots. He said, so if you got, so if your kid got 10 to 15 shots, you are 4.5, four times more likely to develop autism than an unvaccinated child, never vaccinated. And if you want that to happen, you you got to better be stepping out and speaking out right at the time of birth, because sometimes they're injecting that brand new baby. He said, we know from other studies, pediatric clinics with thousands of unvaccinated kids, that when you eliminate vaccination and the use of Tylenol, pay attention, people. When you eliminate vaccination and the use of Tylenol, the autism rates drop to near zero. He said, this result is no surprise. You hear me? Tylenol. You can buy it at any drugstore, convenience store. Don't do it. He said, eliminate vaccination and the use of Tylenol. So I I don't know whether you think back over your life and your ailments you've had since you've had some vaccinations, you know. And so ADHD, you heard about all the kids. You ever wonder, how come all the kids got ADHD? 7.3 times if you're vaccinated. Allergies. I had horrible allergies. I had asthma as a young child. I think it was all by getting shots of 7.7 times likely to have allergies, 9.3 times chronic bronchitis and asthma, 4.5 times more likely to have autism, birth defects, bleeding of the brain, cancer, cardiovascular issues, diabetes. This was done by surveying the parents of 10,000 children. Like, how are your children doing? They got any ailments? What do you get treated for? Right. So they go down and they got 28 issues. Diabetes, cardiovascular, food allergies, genetic gluten intolerance, hay fever. I had had a huge number of this myself. Head injury, herpes, learning disorder, migraine headaches. I've had unbelievable neurodermatitis, sinusitis, a huge problem. Sinusitis, you're 32.8 times more likely to have sinusitis if you were jabbed. Scoliosis, thyroid disease, tics, that's that's a sudden unwanted movement, T-I-C-S, tics. Other neurological affecting movements. Uh, It's unbelievable. Autoimmune disorders. 21% 21 not percent but 21.7 times more likely than a person that doesn't take any vaccines to get autoimmune disorders including pandas and pans I'm telling you people this is a this is a uh computer genius and he just said hey I pulled this off in 24 hours and and the US government will not Look at it, look at this, so uh anyway, he restates some of it again. he's got graphs charts he's got other he lists all these other you know what I like about Steve Kirsch and a lot of people like him. they just do all the research and they got all the they got all their eyes dotted and t's crossed so they have he lists a bunch of other uh allergies he's got bar graphs here i mean i had so bad allergies and bronc bronchial stuff i had my tonsils out my adenoids out all these things out 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 trying to solve it and all it was all it was was the jabs crazy poison myself poisoning ourselves uh So he says the question is, in the middle of his articles, do vaccines cause autism? He says yes. And more on that in an upcoming article. If you remove the vaccines and if you remove Tylenol, the rates of autism drop to near zero. Mom and dad, pay attention. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I'm reading research right here. Two thousand seven. In two thousand seven, there was a generation rescue (GR), an organization that's trying to alert America Americans to uh, the fact that vaccines cause autism. They hired a third party firm called Survey USA and paid them two hundred grand to do a survey. Anyway. Uh, they did their survey but the the fact is the United States government just doesn't want to get into it That's, they just don't want to get it they don't want to, they don't want to take the deep dive and throw everyone in a in a wild one people are just going to say well i'm just going to retire and go on my way and those kids are just going to have to if they live they live if they don't they don't it's not up to me i don't know Somebody is going to have to stand up. They are criminals doing this. They're getting away with it. I'm just, looking, I'm just scanning what I want to do here for a second. This Hirsch article goes on for quite a ways. It's interesting. In 2005, uh, CDC director Judy Gerberding, what she said about doing surveys comparing vaccinated versus unvaccinated people. Here's what Judy said. I think these kinds of studies could be done and should be done. Let's speed this up. Let's look for early studies that could give us at least some hypotheses, detects and evaluate and get Information flowing through the research pipeline as soon as possible, so we are committed to doing just that. We think we will be able to provide more accurate information in the next year or so so that you'll be we've been uh, so more than we've been able to do to this point, and I know that is our responsibility. So Kirsch asked this is in two thousand five Did they do anything? They did nothing. The US government just ignored all her concerns and all, all what she wanted to do. So, uh, you know, member Sergeant Sol- Schultz on TV said, I hear nothing, I see nothing, I know nothing. He said the article said the CDC doesn't want to know what's going on. If they were honest, why not run exactly the same poll? that GR did and show the results are different. Why not give Professor Brian Hooker and Dr. James Lyons-Wheeler full access to all your databases? So it says, is the CDC hiding the data? Absolutely, says. Here's the proof. If the CDC was honest and had nothing to hide, they would give researchers such as Brian Hooker and Lyons-Wheeler and other scientists who have, published papers on autism uh free full unfettered unfettered access to the databases but they won't and Kirsch says they never will because hiding the data is critical and that tells you every day you need to know, everything you need to know doesn't it yeah it tells me it motivates me to talk on this show more Here's my handy list of other things you should know. Here we go. This is going to shock you. Number one, none of the vaccines used in America today were ever tested against a true placebo. That's a saline shot. This was noted in uh an article and has never been disproven. Number two, there are no postmarking studies marketing studies of vaccine safety for any vaccine in America that proves. That the vaccines are actually safe. Only the states have the data and they aren't sharing the data or doing the studies. So my article on date transparency for details or see my article and also my article, is it safe? Number three, did you know CDC doesn't have the vaccination record level data for any vaccine from any site? So the CDC can't know if the vaccines are safe. They, they could ask the states to provide these records, but they are too shy to ask the states for the data. The states aren't doing the safety analysis either. When I contacted California state epidemiologist Erica Pan, she ghosted me immediately after I asked, do you believe in, in data transparency? None of the states makes record-level public health data public. If they do, we'd improve clinical outcomes. There's no study showing keeping this data secret improves clinical outcomes. Says a lot of people believe that vaccines have eliminated many diseases and are a net benefit to society. He says... She said, I've yet to see the proof of any of that today. While it sounds plausible, the risk benefits of each vaccine are dynamic and depends on the current morbidity and mortality of the disease relative to that that of the vaccine. Where's the data on that? He says, I haven't seen it. Have you? There should be an ongoing annual evaluation of risk versus benefit. But we're just not gonna do that. That's that's what's gonna that's what's happening here. So his advice this is Steve Kirsch. He says never this is in caps Never touch your doctor on this point. Always do your own research before consenting to any injection for yourself or your children. You can never undo a vaccine. There's no way to unvaccinate yourself. Before you consider taking a vaccine, always demand to see large-scale public health data, record-level data, which can be analyzed to show safety and efficacy Isn't it funny how they all refuse to produce the data? Nobody will publicly release public health records level data. Nobody. It can easily be done without any privacy issues, just an excuse. Anyway, he goes on to discuss the fiasco of continuing to jab our precious children, knowing it's wrong, and we just uh, we just let let it happen. We just let it happen. Unbelievable. With all these gay pride things in the public schools. It says many families object to sex education being taught at places where they purchase clothes, household goods, and groceries. Most parents prefer their version of the facts of life to be administered at home when they feel the moment is right. That's a wise person right there. So what's happened is that these uh, woke sports teams or big famous corporations, Target stores, are kicking down money left and right to LGBTQ, XYZ, OMP. And the heads of that, I heard a guy say that the heads of the BLM are fat black lesbians. Just what they are. And they took the money and ran, as someone once said. Yep, they took the money and ran. So, so I think I'm just going to proclaim, along with June being LGBTQXYZMOP Pride Month, is I'm going to I'm going to uh, produce Wasp Pride. Pride month. White Anglo-Saxon people. How about that? And we'll celebrate that this June as well. Let me read this and see if this isn't how you're feeling. This guy that writes this said, my point is if one desires to be preached to, like by the media on, on, uh, Sex changes and all that. My point is, if one desires to be preached to, the appropriate venue is a church or a mosque or a temple. Progressive news media is trying to take over the responsibilities of religious institutions and steering their flocks to the promised land. At the same time, big government has attempted to replace families in in being a lifeline to help, help the less fortunate. You know, thank God for people that can do the research and detail to pull out this terrible information. Yeah, this is crazy. I think number six, I may have read it. Before a lot of people believe the vaccines have eliminated many diseases and are a net benefit to society, I've yet to see the proof of any of that today. It sounds plausible the risk benefits of each vaccine are dynamic and depend on the current morbidity and mortality of the disease relative to that of the vaccine. Here's the data on it. I haven't seen it, he said of you. There should be an ongoing annual evolution of risk versus benefit for every vaccine. You know why there isn't? Because Big Pharma doesn't want its economics cage rattled. They just need to keep counting the shekels and keep your head down. Well, that's hard if you're an independent person. All right, here I'm going to go. All right, let me. Um, we got a couple of minutes yet, so I'm just going to redeem the time. And um, so, um, give me a shout out to Bill and Carla Artomenko, who have been running Thrifty Rooter for over 40 years. Unbelievable. I think he knows a thing or two about a plumbing business. Thrifty router you can reach them at 530-673-8201, 673-8201. They have dispatchers there that will get you the help you need fast. There's also a website that you might be interested in. It shows all the things they do, and it's a menu of things they do, and you can just click on what you need done and then send them a message, and they will get back to you with, we got you, and, and uh, when you want to do this net, so it it lists ways to to you can just message them right off that platform it's like if you called them up i'm going to give you the phone number 530-673-8201 673-8201 so give them a shout and they will they will help you out and get you going in the right direction and maybe even you know, if you live in the city of Marysville, you if you got old toilets, you might want to have them replaced because they use a lot less water, and um, it's going to save you lots of money. And a fresh toilet always nice. They they got you know they have wear and tear. The handle doesn't work. The float doesn't work. Those things all need to replace sometimes. So if you get a plumber out there like Thrifty Rooter... They can dial you in and get it all lined up for you. All right, we're going to take a break here, and uh, we, I think we got our fifth segment coming up in just a minute. So, take a
4: word when you're full of this.
14: Say you'll be all right, cool tomorrow, but tomorrow might not be here for you. Yeah! smell
13: some ways even society. It's, it's literally a society that's been corrupted by forces and nobody realizes. We sit in these little bubbles, we read our New York Times, and we think everything's going as, as according to plan. You know, we, we even have uh, my colleague over there who says that we saved a million lives with these vaccines. That is utter and complete nonsense. Nonsense. These vaccines saved no one. Across the world, the most highly vaccinated countries had the worst case fatality rates. Anytime you hear data on vaccine injuries, you always have to multiply by a huge factor. And yet, even without that underreporting factor, it was truly concerning. The history of regulatory behavior of agencies is when you launch a new product or a new intervention and a death is reported, the traditional stance is you assume that it's related until proven otherwise. And I heard out of the mouths of public health leaders saying the opposite. They're not related. They're not related. It's all uncredible. I mean, we have baby formula, which kills a couple of babies, and the entire product is removed from the market. You have a faulty muffler on a car, and they recall 300,000 cars. And here you have all of these deaths being reported, and nobody's doing anything. I've never been more terrified in my life. We have an explosion in autism, which is totally coincident and correlates with the explosion in the schedule. And I'll tell you, my colleagues here, they're going to say there's no evidence to show that there's any link with autism and the vaccines. That is nonsense. That is
12: nonsense. You want to treat them at home. Give them the things that we know kill viral replication. Zinc and anything that enhances zinc, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a hundred other remedies that we now know dramatically reduce the spread of this disease. And what was our protocol? Our protocol was to do none of that. No treatment until you go to the hospital. Then your treatment are two things that are bound to kill you, ventilators and remdesivir. And Tony Fauci knew that remdesivir would kill you. He knew that because in 2019, he tried to use it for Ebola. 2019. He tried to use it for Ebola, and within five days of treatment, it gave lethal side effect to 54% of the people and the safety monitoring board ordered him to terminate the use of that drug. And he, through a phony, contrived, absolutely fraudulent study that he manipulated and orchestrated, got that drug, made standard of care, it is homicide. And if you look, how does it kill people? Two ways, three ways. Kidney failure, heart failure, and all organ collapse. And what happened to the people who died in the pandemic? What were they dying of? Kidney failure. All the doctors said, you heard it again and again, we've never seen a virus that attacks the kidneys. Because it wasn't the virus. It was the remdesivir
0: the media and information warfare technology has been weaponized and deployed against us. And he concludes that crimes were committed and psychology and psychological technology was weaponized against the public and this must never happen again. This is one of the things that I feel most strongly about is somehow we need legislation that makes it clear that that deploying fifth-generation warfare technology, psy-ops, war technology on civilian populations is absolutely not acceptable. <laughs> the, and the bizarre thing is that it's justified on the base that it's necessary to do this to preserve democracy. I argue the contrary is what's true, that this makes the concept of democracy obsolete. The idea of of personal autonomy, of uh, the ability of an individual to have personal sovereignty is completely negated in a world in which governments feel that it's acceptable to deploy modern uh, psyops technology on their own populations. It means that everything that we hold dear in terms of speech and democracy and representation and and the devolution of power down to the lowest uh, level that it should be delegated to, which was a core principle upon which the European Union was founded, has, has been negated over the last three years.
14: However, this pans out in the end, at least we will not stand accused by our grandchildren to having stood by in silence. We will not have to justify to our grandchildren why we were followers? It's not us, we are not followers, we are critical thinkers and we will expose all of that. So we will not have to answer to our grandchildren why this happened. Again, I might add, again, that small fringe minority It is so huge. Like I said, it's billions and billions of people around the globe. This psychological abuse only works if there is no contradicting voices. So I have come to realize my most important job to serve in the best interest of the people is to actually use my voice to break the psychological abuse expose their lies and give the people validation. That's what they needed and that's what they needed to actually stand up, take to the streets and fight this. So I will, this is my promise to you, I will always be that voice that will break their despicable psychological abuse pattern. They are criminals and they belong behind bars. That's where they need to go.
7: this segment out of six <clears throat> had to go down and get a re- little refreshment it's getting late for me here get a little energy well i was looking at the territorial dispatch <clears throat> which is a local paper here in the yuba counties area you can check it out at territorialdispatch.com. what read it online if you like it's a weekly paper it's pretty interesting i think the I used to write for it for many years when the owner was John Missler. And when they changed owners, they didn't need me to write as much. So uh, I'm off doing other things. Sometimes I write articles for them. But they've made a lot of improvements to the paper. It's a good read, worthy read. And uh, so one of the articles was a Caltrans News release. And it said, CTC invests $1.6 billion to continue rebuilding California the well, question is what is ctc and um it is the california transportation commission <clears throat> so last week <clears throat> says they allocated more than 1.6 billion dollars in state and federal funding that will continue transforming and improving transportation infrastructure i want you to listen really closely to this these words throughout the state now when i say transform and improve transportation infrastructure i want you to have something in your mind you're seeing there the allocation includes nearly 500 million in funding from federal infrastructure investment jobs act and more than 89 million in funding from the senate bill sb1 Do you remember uh, sb1 the road and accountability act they were going to fix our roads remember jerry brown said we're i'm not going to give you any money out of the budget we're going to add another tax. That's the only way you're going to get your roads fixed. I want you to listen to this. This is a three-column ad. I mean, not an ad, but a three-column article breaking down where the money is going to be spent, right? <clears throat> this is in Yuba City projects, in Yuba City. 153000 in SB1 funds. Remember when the the Department of Motor Vehicle fees went up on your vehicle? And the gas prices went up. That's that was SB one, three hundred fifty three thousand in SB one funds in Yuba City to extend the Sutter bicycle path. How does that help my roads? Driving down the street, they're going to extend a bicycle path from Hooper Road to Harder Parkway, etc. So I'm not going to go into all the details. In Elk Grove, nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Includes modifying the Interstate 5 Hood-Franklin Road interchange and construction to construct a railroad grade separation. Okay, that is a legitimate road upgrade, right? In Elk Grove, I believe that's the only one I found. How about this one? El Dorado County, $1.4 million to improve Pony Express bicycle and pedestrian trail. Yuba County, 2.7 million for safe routes to school. Those are bicycles and crosswalks. They are not streets. I'm telling you people, they are pushing, they are wanting our roads to collapse. State Highway 70 in Yuba County. That's that's going to be some infrastructure. That's legitimate pump plant. That's that's moving water. But when you look at this, the lion's share of the money is for bike paths and walkways. They are not for cars. And SB one was supposed to be for cars. I'm just giving you as an example. I'm just telling you when you vote for these things or when the legislature votes for these things. And tells you a lie. you got to remember what they told you. So then you can say, yeah, I told you, I thought we're going to do this with that money. Just telling you what's going on here. What's happening. And, uh. If you have you read the Durham report, I've just read reviews of it. The Durham report, the John Durham report, that was uh, he was the guy chosen by both sides to investigate the Trump Russia collusion, all that kind of stuff. He said the FBI didn't interview interview any witnesses before the agency opened a full. Investigation of the Trump campaign during the heat of the 2016 election. The Bureau rushed to open the initial investigation based on unvetted intelligence from Australia. He basically says they're just a dirty organization. They're corrupt. They're politicized. They're corrupt. They use their power to, to throw an election Disgusting. Um, Okay. I'm going to bring up something here that I stumbled across. And it's just got my brain frying, is what it's got. So there's a group called the Daigle or Deagle Corporation. D E A G E L or Deagle.com. And the title here of this newsletter, because I couldn't find this on Deagle.com because they'd already taken it down. said, Deagle.com predicts up to 80% of population culled or or eliminated by 2025. Okay. We're halfway to 2023. That's, I don't know whether they're going to give us all the way through 2025. So basically, if they give us all the way through 2025... Or if we say June of 2025, that gives us 24 months from today, since it's June 1st today. So that's a lot, right? Remember we were telling you all along during COVID that this is a COVID con. We've been conned by the the globalists. And they're going to get rid of... If if the population of the world was 7.5 billion, they're going to get rid of 7 billion and leave the five, the point five, which is a half a billion. OK, 500 million. You with me? And some of you probably thought, oh, you're just talking out the top of your head. And uh, but uh, different people, Alex Borla, who is the um, head of Pfizer, is all on board with this and they're going to achieve it through the jab. Different types of vaccines. That's why Kirsch is saying, don't take any more vaccines. It's killing people, making them sick. So COVID vaccine was a was a poison jab. We poisoned our own people. And some people, listen. This is a look up Jim Jones. Do an internet search of Jim Jones and People's Temple in San Francisco. He took his people to Ghana. I think it was about 900 of them. And they all took liquid poison, like in grape juice or something. He killed them. Mass suicide. Many people just went along. They didn't know any better. They didn't have the intellectual, critical thinking to scram, flee the destruction. That's the same thing that's happening right here. I don't know whether it was God or just an an amazing thought I had when the first days of COVID, the COVID con started. And I, um, Then they were telling us, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to wash, 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 wash. You got to wear a mask. You got to stay in your house. You can't go to your, you can't shop. And I felt like God said to me, Lou, if they, if they ask people to get on a train, that they had they wanted you to go to a central place on a train, and you'll be back in a couple of weeks. The community, most of the community, would have got on the train. So I want to read this to you. This is James Hill newsletter. He's a medical doctor. About the Deagle, the Deagle report that came out, I think, in two thousand seventeen. It said, the Deagle.com provided the 2024 forecast for population for each country in the world. My hypothesis, he said, then I went on and calculated different percentages and reductions in the deal, and he put out his own list, this guy that wrote this. He said, my hypothesis was that the call, that means elimination, would have an epicenter centered in the country's powers who were running the pandemic, meaning the G- G7 powers. I'll, I'll tell you who they are in a minute. In other words, Cal- the United States of America with people like Tony Fauci, Ralph Barak, Peter Daszak, those type of people, uh, Deborah Burks, They are the epicenter. He said I also hypothesized that those countries make the vaccine, making the vaccine would be right in the heart of the slaughter. In other words, death. We're we're talking about huge numbers of people dying. Most of the people in the world, the G7 countries are United Kingdom, USA, Germany, France, Italy, Canada, Japan. The Deagle uh, report. Suggests that 78.5% of the population of Great Britain will die, will be dead by 2025. <clears throat> In USA, the population will be reduced by 70.2%. That will reduce us down to, I think, about 90 million or so. Germany, 65%. Um uh, So in other words, or they'll be, there will be, that many will be left. Let's see. Let's see. The Gs are clustering their, their pop percent of population. Yeah. It's population reduction, 70% reduction. France, 41%. Italy, 30%. Canada, 29%. Japan, 17%. The three countries that dominate the top positions of loss would be UK, USA, and Germany. And they built, they did the vaccines, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer. UK, USA, Germany, the epicenter of the slaughter, the places where they make the vaccines. Four in five people will die here. G7 countries in general are a bad idea. One in three will die at best. European countries are, in general, are unsafe to be in. This is a report by people that have worked in the spy industry, technology, sleuthing industry. Eastern Europe countries appear to be safer. Romania, Belize, it's not an East Europe, Belize is an East European, but Belize, Chechia, Lithuania, Finland, Hungary, Latvia. Quite a n- number of countries will ha- won't have any problem at all so uh China comes in China is pretty uh unscathed they will they will lose about two point three percent of their population still millions so let me see if I still have this this letter okay. Yeah, I'm just uh this is what I want here. So this is a prediction by the deagle dot com, D E L D E A G E L dot com. And this is a uh So it gives a, uh, it gives just some basic figures. The United States has three hundred twenty four million people. The world has seven seven point three billion. This is done in I think two thousand seventeen or fourteen or something. And it gives a density of the of the country surface, uh, how many square miles, etc. The GOP per ca- GDP per capita, gross domestic prop. Product. Let me just give you gross domestic domestic prop product of the the country, nineteen trillion. World is seventy five trillion. Okay, I want you to hold this. So, the forecasts. Yeah, this was in two thousand sixteen. These numbers. The population of the of the United States by two thousand fifteen two thousand twenty five from two thousand sixteen will will go from three twenty four million to fifty four million that's just a little bigger it's another ten million on top of the California population and he's saying that the the world population will go down to six point eight billion There's some people that feel already that the the world population is down one billion because of covid so Pretty stark prediction, right? Pretty freaky. It is freaky. I was having a talk with a military guy tonight after the meeting I was at. And uh, so the question is, why would the United States be in this prediction? Predicament. And he says, what are the trends? A devaluation of the dollar with an out-of-control American Congress. Strange insistence in using the mRNA vaccine instead of traditional dead host vaccines. That's just what we've been going through. A global pandemic that America is just effing up royally. Americans desire a war with China. Americans desire a war with Russia. Americans desire a war with Iran. China, Russia, and Iran will form a unified Asian bloc. There'll be a race war in the United States, progressive onslaught and control of all electronic media, looming bubbles in just about every facet of American life, like the housing bubble, the stock, you know, stock market bubble, right, technology bubble, all those kind of things, right? The Deagle scenario, the Deagle Corporation was asked to explain the thinking behind its strange set of population and output figures. While we cannot take its response at face value, it nonetheless paints a picture that is very similar to the world we see right now. And that is not exaggeration. So they want you to consider this. In short, they argue that the U.S. government has greatly overstated the real U.S gross domestic product. This means that the country will be fatally exposed when the next economic crisis strikes. In other words, the numbers for how much the country is putting out the value of the country is greatly exaggerated. It's called cooking the books. The question they ask is how can the GDP be so high that a full 61% of Americans are so poor that they don't pay any income tax? He just said it just doesn't make sense. They also take into account a pandemic scenario, their term, caused by Ebola or some similar pathogen. This, they say, would cre- cause an exceptionally high death rate, placing extreme pressure on health care providers across America and greatly reducing economic output. So what about the U.S. dollar? This, this pandemic, it says, could quickly spiral out of control and create an international financial crisis. The quote from it says, the collapse of the Western financial system will wipe out the standard of living of its population while ending Ponzi schemes such as the stock exchange and pension funds. I've been saying that the pension fund, this CalPERS, is a Ponzi scheme. I've been saying that for a year. It is, it is, and it is. And we just keep playing on because nobody wants to do anything about it. Okay, so uh, so they try to explain the predicted dramatic fall in the population of the U.S. by reference to a massive outward migration of millions of Americans seeking economic relief. But this is unconvincing. I'm not convinced by that either. People want to leave America. Where are they going to go? Uh, their primary reason for predicting a colossal drop in population in the U.S. by 225, a follow-up to 70%, is the scale and severity of an alleged, alleged pandemic. I'm telling you people, these these pandemics are out there. All they have to do is release them. month. They, they say the death po- toll will be horrible. Japan will lose one-fifth of its population. Australia will lose one-third of its population. Canada will lose one quarter of its population. The United States will lose three quarters of its entire population. We're going to take a break and come back for the last show. Okay? Last segment.
9: show, we follow the science and talk about implicit institutional bias regarding diversity in the workplace, while creating a safe space to deconstruct microaggressions stemming from systemic inequality created by an oppressive cisnormative system, while increasing equity in the name of inclusivity to combat racial racist racism for minorities, and the trauma from being marginalized by climate change. We interview the leader of BLM, a POC, about AOC fighting for CRT. We cover how the LGBTQs are crippled by toxic Masculinity. We then shame you for having white privilege, because if you're white, you're privileged regardless of if you're mentally ill, dying of a horrible disease, or been raped a bunch. We then talk about Trump for 30 minutes, pretending like we hate him, but clearly want him elected again because we can no longer pay our rent with tote bags. We then reveal another 75 new gender identities, and finally we ask, should Guy Fieri be cancelled for culturally appropriating lesbians? It's currently 79 degrees in Central Park, the time is 4.53pm. But time was invented by the patriarchy, so you can make up whatever time you'd like. We'll be right back.
11: I just feel like black lives don't matter because they don't matter with themselves because they're killing one another. And also, aside of the media, it's like being perpetrated as the black community is doing this and this and this, and like the Democrats are helping the black community, but really they're not helping the black community. So it's the media that puts out what they want to be put out. It's not necessarily Black lives matter or white lives that matter. No, all lives what matter. It's all lives that matter. And when people say that, they get offended. But it's true, because at the end of the day, our lives do matter. It doesn't matter if you die that you're black, you're white, you're whatever. That doesn't matter. It's just us as humans is what matters. And I think that the black community, when you when you separate yourself from that whole Black Lives Matter, now you're no longer black or you're no longer a part of the crew, and that's not true. You're just saying, yes, you do matter, but you just matter as a person and not as a color.
10: In his usual lying hysteria, John Kerry, who serves as the first U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, told a series of lies and announced that our government is planning to shut down U.S. agriculture. They call it innovation, because they are confident that our pain and desperation will someday give birth to an innovative new solution, or at least that's their cover story.
4: Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. And instead of being on a course to be able to hold the Earth's temperature increase to 1.5 degrees, we're actually on a course to hit around three degrees right now. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it. Doesn't work. And as is so often the case with respect to the climate crisis, we have to fight on multiple fronts simultaneously. This is the biggest organizational effort that I think we have faced, uh, certainly since World War II, but Perhaps ever. So we have to reduce emissions from the food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists, as a basis of physics and mathematics, not ideology and politics or party labels or anything else, as a matter of physics and mathematics and some biology and chemistry have told us these are the consequences.
10: Everything out of his mouth is a lie. The exact opposite of what he says is true. The scientists he is referring to are almost all on the United Nations payroll. The real scientific community of the world realize that the world's climate has changed in extreme erratic ways over the years without human pollution. In one of the most recent studies, Our House University researchers found that the Arctic had ice-free summers just 10,000 years ago. And ice core samples show that the earth is in a cooling period, not a warming one. But these decrepit old gatekeepers want us all dead because the system isn't giving up control.
4: And I think uh, to those in civil society, we gotta push more. We gotta be more militant maybe. President Biden has demanded an all-of-government initiative. Uh, We are all working together. Every department of our government is uh, engrossed in this. And uh, if we make the right choices, there's no question in my mind we can win this battle.
10: While our food supply is under terrorist attack by our own government, the power grid is being targeted for a false flag And a story is already being spun to blame it on American patriots. Meanwhile, the Communist Chinese are meeting their bogus climate change quotas in a different way. They are spray painting rocks and sand green. And they are planting vast fields of fake flowers made of white rocks stuck on the ends of steel rebar. According to local translators, this is being done to make areas look more green in aerial photography. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
7: to give some credit to my sponsors and then we'll get back and finish it and i'll tell you a little bit more about this i think you'll find it f- uh, fascinating uh one i want to uh, give a pitch for elite universal security there's never been a time in america where we've needed more security than we have right now particularly when we have zombies on the streets of our cities so elite universal security that's money hecker and, and associates they will help you Keep your stuff your stuff and keep people from damaging your property, stealing your property, stealing your harvest, stealing what you have to sell people. You can reach Elite Universal Security at 530-749-0280, 749-0280, 749-0280. They got dispatchers there that can <laughs> talk to you pretty much any time. They take care of all kinds of needs all the way up. We're here down, and we're just north of Sacramento. They go all the way to the Oregon border. So if you're listening to the show today and you're thinking, oh, like, for instance, you might need a part-time job, and you think, well, I don't really know how to be a guard. Maybe I was a truck driver. Or I was a, I worked in the grocery business or warehousing. But they can train you to be a guard. <clears throat> and even if you wanted to do part-time, maybe you thought, man, when I retired, I never thought I was going to have – this kind of money you know money crisis with the high prices so uh they will train you if you give them a call so whether you need a job or you need a job done for you they can solve both things if you call 530-749-0280 they can also help you with learning how to handle a gun whether or not you go to work for them or not you they'll help you get the gun permit if you want to the permit they'll help you learn how to shoot they got a um a range to practice on they have classes for that they also have the ability to get different kinds of sprays and learn how to use those sprays instead of using a gun to turn back an attacker just some thoughts so give them a call also i wanted to mention dave green construction that's uh green with etz on the end Every week almost, or every other week maybe, on Facebook and other platforms, he posts pictures of his before and after shots of kitchens and baths. They tore apart and put them back together again, just stripped them all down and put them all back together again. They also do remodel entryways. They do stuff out in the backyard. They'll build you a little uh, party seen out back there barbecue area and all that kind of things. I've seen some amazing things they've done out there. Decks, they've done decks before. Really cool decks with the new simulated wood that doesn't rot like my mine did. So you can re- reach Greenwich Construction through the website greenwichconstruction.com <clears throat> or through the Facebook site at Dave Greenitz Construction. That's the name of the Facebook site. Or you could uh, dial them up at 530-682-9602 and they will chat with you. But the nice thing is, it's even better than the words I say, is to see it right right there. He doesn't like Photoshop. Uh, he doesn't take pictures off the internet like, well, these are these are kind of the kind of look we want to get. No, no, no. You're actually seeing the finished product that the homeowner was all thrilled about gave him permission to put it out over the over the air or over the internet without giving up the people's names so give him a shout 530-682-9602 if you want somebody you can count on won't change things in the middle of the stream won't won't tell you they're going to be there monday and then show up thursday they're on it Okay, and then I want to bring up Plumbing Doctor. They're at 530 671 They're serving the Yuba-Sutter area. And uh, they will take care of every one of your plumbing needs in a speedy way, honest way, and uh, get you handled. They also can do some construction, so if you end up with a plumbing problem... Uh, that is you need to have a wall moved or dig it tear something out put it back together some rot whatever they can do that as well okay so uh also uh thriftyrooter.net they'll they'll clean out uh, they actually work in several counties if you can hear my voice you're probably up here in northern california they probably work in your county i know they're down in the placer county area doing lincoln and uh They also are up in Nevada, Butte, Colusa, Yuba-Sutter. And uh, they just knock those drains out. And septic systems are amazing. You can go on their website at thriftyrooter.net and find out what they do. And then you can just send them a missive or a message off there. You don't even have to talk to them on the phone. Just give them your important information, your name, where you're at, phone number, and tell them what you think you need. And they will be their lickety-split. Lickety-split. 530-673-8201 is the number. 530-673-8201. Okay. So let's see what I was talking about. And I think it was an actual... I was on the internet. Yeah, here it is. So there's all kinds of people that are predicting this collapse. Now... We've been saying all along that the jab, including scientists, people that are medical doctor, doctors plus degrees, and people like Mikeovitz, who's been a scientist since she got out of college and uh, de- dealing with people's health. And they said if you took the jab, which the government buried a lot of their commentaries, and the media buried a lot of their commentaries on social media, that maybe you had, if you didn't die right away, maybe you had two years left or so. This is interesting. This guy wrote an article, and uh, he says, the the casualty figures are gargantuan. They are over and above what one would associate with such things like an attack on people, right? Destroying your own people. You're devouring your own people. He said that the Civil War killed 2 to 10% of the population in the United States. Genocide in various parts of the world has killed from 25 to 99% of the population. For example, he said, I don't know, I've read a book about the Tutsi and Hutu combat. Uh, during the Clinton administration, 77 percent of the Tutsi population of Rwanda and 85 percent of the population of the Hutus were killed in that conflict. In Cambodia, 70 percent of the total Cham population—well, in Cambodia they're not all—they're not all Cham people—but 70 percent of the total Cham population were exterminated. They were targeted during the communist takeover. The Khmer Rouge. I—I I probably never—you guys have never thought of this. I hadn't. So I find it really interesting. It's, it's stimulating to my mind, although it's sad to be a part of. So Civil War, um, okay, I mentioned that. World War II killed between 6 and 9% of the world population. A global military empire could kill up to 11%. Genghis Khan, you've probably heard of him in history is one of the ruthless, most ruthless warriors in world history, dominated huge amounts of territory, including China, I think. He slaughtered about 40 million people and reduced the population of the earth by 11%, because it was a lot less population when he was running, running the earth. My computer's just jumping around tonight, just not being nice. So let me just give you other perspectives. The pandemic, 15 to 16 percent. Bubonic plague, you remember that term in the mid-1300s? It killed 50 percent, almost 50 percent of Europe's population. Nuclear war, they say, could kill 30 to 85 percent. Economic collapse could be from 1 to 30 percent. So... Here are some, uh, this guy who <clears throat> wrote this article about the Deagle Report, said we could have a global pandemic plus a genocide. We're trying to figure out why the American situation is so horrid. It's the worst in the world. There's almost 200 countries in the world. Why should we be so screwed up and, and lose such great, uh, have such great losses? We could have a global pandemic and a civil war with a genocide. Or we could have a pandemic and collapsing military empire with a war. Or we could have a global military empire and nuclear war with global pandemic. The guy said the only way that the kinds of predictions as determined by the Deagle Company can manifest it through through a combination of some very horrific events that happens in one Centered Geographical Area. Okay. So again, this is a prediction in 2014. I'm just catching it now, right? It's my style nine years later. So the USA... They're, they're claiming 70% reduction Ireland 69% Greece 69% UK 65% Germany 65% Israel 63% Switzerland 60% Iceland 58 and and Sweden 52%. Is that mind is that blowing your mind? blew my mind and and what I, what I was talking to some folks at the meeting I was at about the need to think through how we're going to Somebody's going to survive. It's not going to kill everybody. So the question is, how do, you, how do you posture yourself to survive? And One thing is, quit taking the medications. Quit taking jabs that they're giving you because they're killing you. The vaccines are killing your kids. Who would have thought so many of our children would be dying from cancers and stuff right after they took the jab? Who would have thought that? It's incredible. So uh, let me just. Yeah, if you want to. Ah, this article is too complicated to read the address to. The title of the article I'm looking at The Shocking 2025 Deagle, D E A G E L Forecast. And then it goes on to say, and remote viewing the future—that's a whole different topic. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna launch into that here, right now. So, um, let me get back down to my my page so I can. The other thing I wanted to—if um, you take a serious look at the green energy plan. You cannot come away with being convinced of it being better or cleaner or more efficient than what, what they call hydro, hydroelectric fuel, fossil fuel, nuclear. Uh, so let me get down to the end. A couple articles I put in here later today. Uh So we're talking about electric cars, right? So Stanford University did a study. They got a, an expert over there. I can't remember his name. An Indian guy, I think. Oh, Ram or Ram, Rajagopal, Rajago Rajagopal, or Rajagopal. He's associate professor of civil and environmental engineering at Stanford, and co-senior author of the study. He did a study. So what is this study? Well, it's, it's, um, it was uh, conducted by Stanford. Most electrical, electric vehicle owners, uh, according to this research, tend to charge their vehicles at home during the evening and overnight. That makes sense. I think I would do that if I owned one. So that leads to significant costs for the America, uh, electrical get, grit, grid. So you think, well, why? It, I'm not putting pressure on the grid I'm I'm just uh I'm I'm recharging at night. It's not during the heavy use days of electricity. Well here's the problem. It's so interesting when you think when you're when you're a thinker, right? I'm not necessarily a thinker. So the problem is if you go green with your electric grid at night, uh there is no solar generated. And if there's no wind like tonight, there's a slight wind here, maybe. It could just be my fan. If there's no wind and there's no sun in the middle of the night, then you have no juice to recharge all these cars. So they're saying what this Stanford guy came to the conclusion of is you need to charge all the cars during the day. really complicated. Study found that the rapid growth of electric vehicles and their continued reliance on residential nighttime charging could lead to a 25% increase in peak electricity demand within just a decade. However, the more people charge their cars during the day, if more people did it at, during the day at work or at public charging stations, it would reduce greenhouse gas emissions and avoid the added costs of generating. And storing electricity. This is this is a lose-lose situation, people. Any of you that really look into electric cars, if you're smart, you would not buy one. So Ram or Rom suggested policymakers consider utility rates and incentivize. Isn't this amazing? You you raise the rates. It's not what it's way more than you normally need but you raise the rates to punish people into using rates at a different time of the day. Studies' implications may also impact utilities in the region, especially after California's decision to ban sales of gasoline-powered cars and light trucks. Currently, California experiences a surplus of electricity during late mornings, and early afternoons, primarily due to its solar capacity. So it brings up all kinds of issues here at work. Are there enough hookups for all the cars? Where are the hookups around town? You can't fill up in a half hour. you got to leave it there for a couple of hours, right? So let me get down here to the conclusion because we only have a couple of minutes. The study found Western United States reaches a point where 50% of cars on the road are electric. If we get there, more than 5.4 gigawatts of energy storage would be necessary, equivalent to the capacity of five large nuclear reactors. Do you, you know how many nuclear reactors there are in California? There's one. We just shut down the other one, and we almost shut down this one. The one I'm talking about is in San Luis Obispo. <clears throat> called Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. We used to have San Onofre. What we're talking about, if just 50% of the cars go green, go electric, we, we need the capacity of five large nuclear reactors. We don't have that, and we're, they're not going to build that. However, if people shift towards changing, charging their vehicles at work instead of at home, the storage needed for EVs would decrease by 4.2 gigawatts. Nonetheless, construction of required infrastructure would demand significant lead time and could not be accomplished immediately. I bet in California you just try to build something like that. He said the transportation, or CDC, is responsible for most of California's emissions. So, It's crucial to decarbonize. I'm going to skip that. Uh, So it's talking about if you use during the day, then you get the benefit of solar, uh, which can help. But it's not going to solve it. I think we're out of time. I was going to talk about Santa Barbara is their education system is losing up to 25% over the next few years. Man, Santa Barbara, that's a beautiful place to live, but I guess not for kids and families. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. Lord willing. Take
9: care. I see trees
4: of green red rose.
2: skies are blue, and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful